0: I'm your host, Nick Smith, and we, as always, are presented to you by Geek Vibes Nation. And joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What up, Luke?
1: Not much, man. Just uh, watching this uh, crazy highlight of Miles Garrett deciding to go full crazy on uh, Randolph <laughs> and smacking him uh, in the head. I'm just glad, you know, we're not a, an NFL uh talk show because man dude the nfl always has some crazy <laughs> things going along with it that is outside the actual product of the game
0: dude i saw the, one of the best memes that i've seen probably in like at least a week um today and it was it, it was uh basically like happy gilmore Oh, uh, you know, I also hold the record. I'm the only person to, like, ever try to take off my skate and try to stab somebody. And, like, is, like, Miles Garrett. Hold my beer. <laughs> like, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That,
1: that's a good one. <laughs>
0: that's fucking great, dude. Like, that's that's just, like, premier uh, meme quality entertainment right there. Um, by the way, I, I got to get something off my chest before we get into our topics. Um, Cause I was like, kind of perusing a uh, Ringer NBA uh, um, uh, group uh, chat, I guess, or whatever, whatever the fuck it's called, a uh, Facebook group, um, the other day, and I saw somebody like post something, and then it was like a like a pro Lakers, pro LeBron thing, and um, and, and then they like tagged it like Washed King. Like that's been like a thing that LeBron's like, uh, I guess like tried to get going. Like, like he he takes umbrage that you know people I guess finally kind of said like, yeah, maybe you're not the best player in the world anymore. Like nobody ever said you were washed, LeBron. Like who the fuck ever said LeBron was washed? Like what we said was, hey, he doesn't really try on defense anymore. He hasn't done it for, like, five years. It would be nice if he did it. And this year he's doing it, and, like, he's trying to, like, act like everybody tried to say, oh, well, this guy's washed. And I get it. Maybe there's just some, like, LeBron haters out there. There's plenty of them who are just, like, uh, you know, look for any opportunity to try and, like, talk shit about the guy. I'm sure there's those people. But, like, for the majority, like, the media – Um, And, like, most reasonable, like, fans who, like, watch the game and don't just hate him for no reason or hate him because they love MJ or whatever, um, they don't – they never said he was washed. I never said he was washed. I said he doesn't try on defense anymore. Literally, there was a play last year of Kyle Kuzma shoving you in the back to try and go guard somebody on defense. Like, that's all we ever said. And, like, yeah, you're actually trying this year on defense, and it, it's great. Like, we're very happy about it. We're very excited about it. Um, I just think it's funny that, like, it, it, he needed to not play defense for, like, five or six years for, like, during the regular season uh, for, like, uh, fan or fans or media or whatever to, like, finally call him out on it, only for him to be like, oh so you think I'm, like, I'm washed? It's like, no, dude. No one said you are washed. We just you said you're not the greatest player in the world anymore because you don't even fucking try on defense. And he's like, all right, well, now I'll try on defense. It's like, well, you could have been doing this the last four years, man. Like, I get the whole load management thing, and, like, LeBron's version of load management is not the same as Kawhi's. Like, he doesn't rest games. He just rests plays, and a lot of that includes defense. But, like, dude, like, when when, when – When Kyle Kuzma, who's not exactly known for his defense, is shoving you in the back to try and fucking go guard somebody, yeah, we're going to take note of that. I just have to get that off my chest. I mean, do you agree with me there, Luke? Like, uh, LeBron's whole fucking thing about everyone thinking he's washed is kind of, it's kind of almost, like, not revisionist history, I guess, because it's not, like, in the past, but, like... He, he He's trying to spin this in a way that is bullshit when all we've ever said was, dude, we know you can play defense. You just don't care to do so. Like, just play a little fucking defense. Am I right here?
1: Yeah, I don't know where this, like, whole story of people saying he was washed kept on going, and it just built up to where – they finally asked him after what game, and um, LeBron just had a great quote. He just said, tell him to meet me at the cleaners. And I was like, damn, LeBron, like, I hate you, man. But that's that's a good little comeback right there. So I don't know where it really came from, the whole watch thing. I agree with you that the only criticism is that he does kind of take off half of the years and all that. I mean, he's got to do it sometimes, you know, with the Cleveland team. If you want to – if you know you're going to be making a finals run and all that, so it makes sense And then – the Lakers. That whole play, too. I remember, uh, you know, vividly. But uh, that was kind of at the end of the year of last year when the Lakers were like pretty bad already. So Le- yeah. LeBron probably already checked out mentally. He's like, ah, fuck it, right, and all that. But um, yeah, he does check out plays. I don't know where this wash thing. I mean, I knew he was going to have a stellar year this year. I mean, once you get more talent around him, especially Anthony Davis, you're going to unlock so much out of the two of them, and it just Helps him out, um, you know, significantly. I think the big thing that it's really helped out is the whole center position, too. Um, you know, um, McGee Dwight and... Dwight Howard. Uh, Dwight Howard have done a really good job oh, down the there. a player, so really <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, hopefully you can make it uh, through the whole season. Right now, it's a great uh, small sample size, but... Man's gone through some crazy back things. He's like uh Tiger Woods back, you know. What I mean, at any time something can flare up. I don't wanna That's a good I don't wanna example. say anything but but um you know anything could flare up and it could take him away. But um he's playing really great basketball, but he, yeah, uh, I don't know where the whole wash thing came up, but um it is uh kind of funny that whoever started even if it, you know, his camp or something, you know, just get him motivated, all that, just the whole like making him look like the underdog for once. It is kind of funny just because he's not the ranked the best player in the world right now, but he's still at any given night he can become the best player in the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's still top three. Like, I mean, it's it rank him however you want, but it's him, Kawhi, and Giannis. I like, think those are your three best players in the NBA. Um, and, you know, Kevin Durant would obviously be in that conversation if he didn't fucking tear his Achilles. Um, but, uh, I, I shouldn't say in the conversation, there would be four of them that would be in the same tier. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I think it's, uh, I think it's funny. It's, it's just, um, I don't know. It's one of those things where I, I never, I never personally heard anybody say he was washed. That not one person, um, not a friend of mine not anybody in the media, not just nobody. Now, I mean, I don't, I don't recall anybody ever saying that. Like, all I remember people saying, and I've said it too, is like, "Well, he doesn't really play defense anymore." Um, and not that anybody said he is incapable of playing defense. We were just like, "Yeah, he doesn't try." I mean, it's just obvious. You can look at it and see it. Um, but anyway, um, nice little ten-minute tangent to open up the uh, episode. Um thank you for uh obliging me on that. Um not that I guess I gave you a choice, uh, but (laughs) thanks for your input on it. Um nonetheless. Uh but let's get into the topics, man. Um Carmelo Anthony, he's now a Portland Trailblazer. Um whoa, just dropping the bomb last night. Dude, I like I don't know about you, um but i literally like when i read it cuz it it was like a when i saw it it was um a bleacher report uh thing that but it, it said per Woj. um and i was just like well if it's per Woj, then it, it i wasn't reading a tweet from Woj, but i was reading something from bleacher report that said per Woj. but still some part of me was like is this is this fake news is like yeah ah. I don't I don't believe it. I don't I don't believe it all the way. Um but nevertheless it is true he is um has signed a non guaranteed contract uh with the Portland Trailblazers. And dude, like I don't know if I'm just feeling in the spirit of um uh like revival stories, especially given like we alluded to earlier, Dwight Howard having a great revival story in, uh, LA, um, getting like, and, and by the way, like, just like, I, there was a, a play where he like blocked a shot out of bounds or something. And like the LA crowd was just like cheering him on. And he was like doing the, 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 hand, the upward hand motion of like saying, yeah, like cheer, like bring it. Um, and I was just like, wow, I guess, you know, then like, all all the uh the Kobe fans, are they've gotten over it, you know. Um but nevertheless, uh I I think this – I'm not gonna say it's gonna work, um but I like it. I mean I, I mean if you if you give me the choice between Carmelo Anthony and Anthony Tolliver, I'm gonna take Carmelo Anthony. You give me the choice between Carmelo Anthony and Mario Hazonia I'm going to take Carmelo Anthony. Um, You know, I mean, I I know that, like, he doesn't play defense, um, and uh, I'm still a little skeptical as to whether he is going to accept the necessary role that he needs to to prolong his career. Um, But I don't necessarily think that's why Portland's signing him. They don't expect him to do that. They just need somebody to fucking like be a little more productive than the guys they have. And I think Carmelo Anthony can deliver in that respect. I mean, you're not going up against stiff competition. I'm glad he's getting a chance. Um, I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but I really do hope this works out. I hope he ends up being with them through the season and they can maybe kind of gel together um, uh, I like it. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. They have the open roster spot. It's a non-guaranteed contract. Um, so they're basically kind of paying him week to week. Um, I I think until January 7th is, is the guarantee date. Um, so they have plenty of time to test it out and to see if it works. Zach Collins is going to be out maybe the remainder of the year, um, but definitely a significant amount of time. Um and they 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 you know what's funny Luke they have they actually have a lot of forwards. I was looking at their roster recently they just don't have any good forwards <laughs> they they have a lot of them like they uh, obviously Collins is hurt um but I mean they have anthony Tolliver they have Scalabizier, they have um uh uh the nazir little who they just Drafted, uh, the aforementioned Mario Hazonia. Uh, And then, you know, they have some guys who can play the three who aren't necessarily threes. Um, But, like, I mean, Mel is just going to be better than any of those options at the four, so why not, right? Are you with me here? Yeah, I'm completely here with you. Um, Like, what do
1: they have to lose? My only thing was, why did it take so long? If you're Portland... You have all medical eyes on Zach Collins. You definitely know more than all of us. I mean, you know how long his injury—it's not wasn't going to be a little one. You knew it's significant. Why did you know you wait so long to go ahead and sign him? I mean, <clears throat> what do you have to lose? Uh, it's a non-guaranteed, like you said. I mean, it's up till January you can make up your mind. I mean, the more time you get him in, you know, the like the more tests you have. Um, I don't see a problem with it. It could be, you know, one of those. Too little, too late. So it would have been fun to see him on this team two years ago when they actually had more of a bench and all that. But, um, you know, even if Collins comes back this year, him slide to the bench because, like you just said, you just named out a lot of Fords and all that. I mean, I'm a, you know, LeBizier, uh, like, fan from Kentucky, but I know he's not even that good. Um, so, there like, Tolliver, it just – when you – you really are seeing the effects of not having Aminu and Harkless right now. And, or, I mean, uh, Melo, I mean, offensively is better than both of those. I mean, both of those guys at times are pretty shrieky shooters for
0: yeah, um, Portland. Absolutely. So not
1: saying that Melo's not a shrieky shooter, but at least Melo, you know, can make up offensively. I mean, they're four and eight right now. They're going to be going into a very tough road like schedule so i don't see the issue with it i mean i would have done it a little bit quicker just uh you know just to already get him in um with the team so he can you know start getting his legs and all that under him but i don't see any issues i mean i don't really see it bringing them over the top i still think they need to make more moves and not just rely on Mello because this could be another situation where he's set up like uh the houston situation where it's just not really going to work out for him and so he can't be coming in there and being their savior and all that so they definitely need to make more moves i mean it's things that keep on running the, like more injuries with like hood getting kind of injured for a couple games and all that so
2: mm, it'll help yeah. him out
1: um off- offensively you know he's definitely gonna be able to come in there hit his buckets uh It helps Whiteside out with this. We got shooters. I mean, they got more shooters, I guess, for Whiteside. It's just Portland right now I think is in this little period where they've got to try to make it through these injuries, but they should also make a trade for when these, um, you know, some of the players come back later on in the year if they want to make the playoffs because the West is pretty, pretty tough this year, and a lot of teams, you know, are playing significantly better than Portland, I mean. Just watching a couple of those games recently um Portland, and you just feel bad for Dame at times. It's like, What else can the guy do? Yeah. He's putting up so much points and it's just like, no. I mean, you lose He's to He's putting up the MVP Kings. numbers. I know. And it's like you lose to the Kings. And I didn't even think Kings had Fox or Bagley. They didn't have it's Fox? Like you
2: lose. No, they didn't.
1: You're losing to a team that's way more injured than you. And it's just like they couldn't do anything. And it's just like, man, Dane needs some help. So This is help on that kind of front where, you know, at least the front office is making some, like, lateral moves. I mean, it's not significant lateral, but, I mean, some moves to help them out and all that. They just need to keep on helping them out because you don't want to just waste these years and all that. I still think, you know, in the end, if Portland can come in, you know, to the West between the 8th and the 6th seed, they're still going to, you know, give teams a run for their money once the playoffs, you know, in a series game and all that and, you know, having a healthy team. So they definitely need to keep on making more moves that just, you know, they should have done it a little bit quicker in my mind, but I like it. You know I mean? I'm all for it. I don't see, you know, I see Melo better than some people right now in the NBA. So there's no reason for him to be on the, you know, free agent market like that for
0: so long. Yeah. I, uh, two things. One, as you know, um, I'm going to, constantly ship the, in some various form or fashion, the CJ for Tobias Harris swap throughout this season. Um, and I'm sure we'll cover it at various times throughout this, uh, this uh, NBA season. Um, I'm not going to get into the minutia of the, the, the trade that I sent you most recently. Um, but I think that makes a lot of sense um regardless of the mellow signing i mean they just need as much depth at forward cuz they just don't have anybody who can give them reliable minutes there and at guard they're they're like uh, ironically they <laughs> they actually don't have a backup point guard <laughs> um but they do have a lot of guys who can handle the ball um who who can play uh the guard positions uh, and you know with having uh Bazemore, uh with the rise of, of Simons uh and uh, also um Rodney Hood like they they just have like some, some options there. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna continually ship that throughout the course of this season. Um but the other thing is the 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 good thing about them waiting this long is like you know Millow probably unfairly got blamed for the Rockets like lack of success um early on last season um and honestly like I think Joel was the only one like really defending Melo on on our uh on our slack uh and yeah, yeah I don't I don't remember like Like, being super hard on Melo, but I was just like, yeah, it's not going to work out. Like, I knew he wasn't going to work out there. Um, For some reason, I think he might actually work out in Portland. Um, And he's not going to get blamed if they suck, because they already suck to start the season. Like, we already see that they suck. So, like, if they had signed him earlier, like, like, I know you don't necessarily mean, like, to start the season, but, like, if they had signed him to start the season, like, he would probably catch a lot of flack for that and be blamed for that. So it's, like, kind of good that um, this is happening when it's happening. They need a guy like him to, like, step in and and help them out. And if they start winning games, it's going to do a lot to kind of bolster his, um, uh, you know, ego, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, So – hopefully this works out for him. Um I'm I'm cautiously optimistic at this point, but uh I, I really wanna see it uh pan out for Melo and and the Blazers in general. Like I like the Blazers. I like I love Dame Lillard. I love C J McCollum. Um I uh I genuinely just I like I've never been to Portland but I I like the vibe that Portland puts out, if that makes sense. Um, any any, like, city where their, their, like motto is keep Portland weird um, like, yeah yeah, let's keep it weird. I'm, I'm down um, so yeah, although they they did steal that from Austin, Texas, but, uh, nevertheless still, cool motto. Um so yeah, I've, I've always liked the Blazers, I've always liked, uh their players. So I'm, I'm hoping they can figure out a way to, to at least like compete for, you know, a playoff spot and, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, But nevertheless, long-term CJ for Tobias swap, especially since they now signed him to that huge extension. Um, Like not as much that that extension would appeal to the Sixers, but more so that, it may not appeal to a vast amount of other teams. Like when you have Anthony Simons who makes so much sense uh, as like a CJ, like replacement, um, but you don't have anybody who can play like a a legit forward position long term, uh, that kind of swap just, you know, it seems logical, especially on Portland's end. But I I mean, I would argue too on uh, Philly's end. So. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll monitor that throughout the season. We'll bring it up again. I I mean, I know I'll bring it up again. Uh, But for now, we're going to leave it there. Uh, Let's move on. I want to talk about Deion Waiters. (laughs) Because this shit... Wow. Um, Deion Waiters... I I don't want to laugh too much. Because he did suffer a panic attack on a plane. And I, I... I think I had a panic attack, like, once or twice. I don't suffer from panic attacks. Um, but I distinctly remember my roommate having a panic attack one time. And, like, um, he was in the bathroom, and, like, he was just, like, slamming on the ground. And I, like, ran up there, and he, like, couldn't breathe. And, like, I had to, like like, basically fucking cradle him kind of and just, like, like, be like, breathe, man, just breathe, just breathe, and, like, finally, like, he calmed down, he started to breathe, and he got through it, but, like, it was fucking scary, like, I was like, oh, holy shit, like, what the fuck is happening, and, I mean, all it was was a panic attack, but, like, that shit, that shit is severe, so I don't want to downplay that, it is, like, and, uh, you know, there was reports that maybe he had a seizure, Um, I don't, I, I think that's totally possible from what I've seen from a panic attack Um, I could see how that would transition into that however like he's fine now so we can talk about uh, somewhat the hilarity of this whole situation (laughs) um he took a fucking edible uh, on on a flight and had a panic attack and freaked out um and uh, it just kind of adds more to the uh, Waiters uh, clusterfuck of a situation um, just throughout his whole career. This is very J.R. Smithian, um, you know, which is kind of funny because, I mean, at one point I think they were teammates uh, in Cleveland, um, but – or maybe they weren't. Maybe they traded Waiters before they traded for Smith, but regardless. Um it, this is a fucking crazy situation. I have two questions for you, Luke. One, who do you think gave him the fucking edible? And two, <laughs> um, do you think that there is any chance that Dion Waiters is going to play another game for the Miami
1: um, I'll get to those two really quickly. Um, Just kind of, yeah. it is very comical. Um, You know the whole situation. I mean, what like terrible way to like kind of tarnish your name, like negative PR, very quickly for um, yourself. I mean, like you already said, Warriors hey, but he didn't rat. Best... Hey, I was about to get to that. I was going to say he's already not had, like, <laughs> right? the best Go around in you know Miami and all that, but at least he didn't rat out. You know, I'm proud of him there. That would have just been icing on the cake if he got so, like, high and all that, and he just told on, told on whoever gave it to him. Um, right now, I don't, the team I don't think, the team knows I don't think it, it to was to a him. player. I think it might have been someone on, like, the oh, training okay, staff and all that. It definitely a player. I know exactly uh, who it was. Come on, bro. I mean, there's was plenty of on the mind, like, You know it was James Johnson. James Johnson does look like, like he, he's, like, looking across the room like, don't you dare, 90% of the time. It was definitely James Johnson.
2: <laughs> it was definitely James Johnson.
1: <laughs> but uh, um, I do think um, it probably is the last game for him. I mean, they might play him just to show teams that he's not injured and maybe to trade him. But I could see him definitely getting cut uh, mid-season if they can't find a trade partner. So I do think, you know, it could be the final straw for him. Um, you know what? Um, it's it's crazy i mean i guess you know if you take that much edibles i mean i've seen plenty of people have panic attacks and all that so definitely i mean airplane's not a good place to have one of those at. you really can't
2: get away from
1: anything i mean the poor guy passed out i mean that's how bad his panic attack happened where he couldn't calm himself down and all that where by the time they landed he was passed out and then supposedly had the seizure when he woke up but he obviously was not having a Better good time. Pray to God, him. he got some Thorazine in that bag. Sorry. And and, and planes, planes would just be a terrible spot just in general. If if you were to ask me, where would you not want to have a panic attack? It would probably be a plane or a big, like, sporting event where I can't get the fuck away from things. And I'm just, like, stuck <laughs> yeah, in a spot. So he, he's probably – he probably hit it on, like, you know, just – all time and just being really big. So, you know, but Hey, you got to be proud of the man for not snitching. Um, You know, definitely looked out on that one. You know, it can't be no snitch. If you can't handle your stuff and all that, then, then don't do it. So, but it, it is just, it's quite comical that it was D it's on waiters. I mean, it's a short flight too. I mean, Phoenix to LA. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not bad. Like, like an hour and know, a half. I feel like it's, yeah, I don't feel like it's over three hours though why do you got to get so high anyways and eating an edible? Why don't you just wait till you got back to your, like when you landed It probably would have passed you out. But I mean, Hey, i t- makes for a story for the rest of the year, you know, for everyone on plane rides. But uh, yeah, I just, I don't really see, I've, I really didn't see him really playing that much before this for Miami. I just don't see him really in their plans anymore. And this is just might just, you know, Unless they have to play him to trade him, I don't really see him, like, making a playoff push with them later on this year.
0: Yeah, dude, he's, he's if anything, he's Chris Paul filler. Um, not not that they're going to trade for Chris Paul, but if they do, that's what he is. It's, like, him and Dragic and um, uh, Myers Leonard. I mean, that's that that gets you to that Chris Paul number. Um And, you know, like, uh, two of those are expiring. Waiters has an extra year. Um, But, I mean, it's still way better than having Chris Ball's salary just on your books if you're um, OKC. But we'll just have to see how the Heat fare throughout the rest of the season and whether they actually think they want to make that kind of deal. I don't know that they do. Um, Similar to, um, I don't know that (laughs) – Minnesota would want to trade for, uh, as we kind of alluded to last week, um, would want to tr- trade for um, uh, D'Angelo Russell at this point, given how well uh, their team has been functioning, uh, really absent a, a true point guard and just kind of letting Wiggins be their playmaker. Um, so we'll have to see about that. What I'm curious of, though, how the fuck does this story get out? To me, this story doesn't get out unless the team wants it to get out. I feel like this is the kind of shit that happens all the time. That like teams, like, like maybe not this exactly, but like I'm sure there's shit that happens on flights all the time. Like whether it be like squabbles, fights, whatever. Um, I'm sure some crazy shit happens on these NBA flights. This shit doesn't get out unless they want it to get out. I think the Heat wanted this to get out. Like they wanted, uh, like essentially, um, I don't know, maybe I, it could, they're not going to save any money on it um, because even though he, he's not going to play the necessary games to get uh, his trade uh, – or not trade kicker, um, his uh, his contract kicker, um, I think it's 72 games, um, that actually doesn't come off their books until the end of the season. Um, so it doesn't matter if he – Actually, is not going to. It's it's like in the books. He's already missed ten games. He's not going to play the the amount to to get the the uh, the bonus of his contract. It still doesn't come off the books. But like, still, I don't know. I, I feel like there had to have been some reason that this leaked out, and it had to have been a team thing because they have not been on page with him for a while. Um, I just don't. I can't exactly fathom what it is. Um, but I, I just feel like there has to be something because um, otherwise you um, just, you make sure that kind of thing doesn't get out. What do you think? I I was trying to look up this before, but I'm
1: pretty sure the reason it got out is they had an emergency land the plane. They didn't fly into oh, the right airport. Wow. They had an emergency landed for him because he passed out. He was having such a bad so I think that's how it got leaked out because, I mean, you can't just land a plane and it'd be like, oh, hey, you know, um, this is a charter plane. Don't worry <laughs> about us and all that. So I think that's how it kind of got leaked out and they didn't know who it was because it, it was, you know, they, they had to make an emergency land and all that. It was just a player right. wasn't identifying later on. It came out Dion Waiters and all that. So I think at that point, the heat were probably like, you know, screw Dion and all that. But I'm pretty sure I was trying to make sure like it before but I'm pretty sure that I read that they had an emergency landed. They didn't go to the right airport that they landed it quickly because he was just having such a, like a, a bad attack.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Well that, yeah, that, that makes a little more sense then. Um, so maybe I'm, I'm off on my projection. Uh, but yeah, anyway, um, not a good look, uh, for, for our guy, uh, Dion waiters. Uh, Waiters Island getting ever more thin, and uh, we'll see. We'll see uh, if he does get traded, where he might get traded, and if he can ever really contribute to a team again. Um, But, you know, we have seen stories. uh, um, I mean, some even this year, whether it be Dwight Howard or Jabari Parker or, hell, even Andrew Wiggins on his own team, um, of of guys that we thought, you know, were washed to – you know, end up actually being pretty fucking good for their team. Um, So uh, we'll see. We'll see where he ends up, if he gets traded, and what that means. But I I definitely think as far as a – like you said, maybe he plays a couple games to boost some kind of trade value. But as far as, like, um, his actual value um, and his actual, like, real playing time for for the Heat – um, that's that's definitely uh, that ship has sailed um, but anyway let's move on uh, injury news there's just so many fucking injuries going on right now I've tried to whittle them down to those that I would classify as either important or significant to me <laughs> um, uh, so let's run through them um, so you had this idea, Luke, to um, basically talk about whether we think uh, these injuries are going to affect uh, their team or the player more, or maybe it'll just be a wash, um, or maybe it'll be both. Uh, but uh, I like this idea. I think this will be fun. Um, so we have Hayward, Middleton, Kyle Lowry, um, uh, Serge Ibaka, De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Karis LeVert, Eric Gordon, and Avery Bradley. So those are the players we're going to be discussing who have recently gotten hurt. Um, if if I'm missing anybody, feel free to like chime in and, and throw somebody in here. Um, but uh, I I did try to whittle it down because um, there are like three or four other guys who we could add onto this list. But I mean let's be real, we got it <laughs> we we can't talk about everybody. Um, But let's start with your guy. Let's start with Gordon Hayward. Um, He's going to be out, I think they said, what, six weeks? Um, He'll be reevaluated in six weeks um, with uh, what he broke his hand. Um, And uh, what do you think about uh, Hayward um, missing uh, six-plus weeks, Uh, you know, and and how do you think that is going to affect – Uh, him, the team, who do you think hurts more from this?
1: No, it's it's a big, um, you know, it's just right now where they're at and where he was playing, it's just just not a good injury to have. I feel like right now it's more of a – it hurts Gordon Hayward a lot more just because he's finally looking back to the Hayward that he was. You know, he definitely was being more aggressive, taking it to the rock, you know. I mean, to the rim, and, you know, I hope it doesn't mess with his head because it could be one of those injuries where, you know, you just feel like whatever you do, you're going to keep on getting injured and all that, so you, like, play, you know, less aggressive. It changes your game style, so I feel like this one affects him more uh, just because uh, for the team, yeah, I love Hayward. I love them have him out there, but it frees up more time with Jalen Brown. I mean, when Hayward had those great couple game stretches, Brown was not playing. He was sick, so – it's kind of one of those ones where Brown and Hayward right now, it could be down the line where, you know, in the season where we don't really know how well they, uh, you know, not playing together, but just, you know, what their games will take away from each other. So I feel like the, the, the team, the Celtics, they'll be fine. It's just right now this one definitely, it hurts Gordon Hayward more. It's just really hoping he can come back quick. Uh, luckily it's a non-shooting hand. So if that can be anything, you know, positive to look at of this, He did get surgery, so they did something quick. Whatever they had to do, they put a plate in there and hold things tight. So I guess as soon as he feels strong enough, he'll get back to shooting and all that. So I'm not really worried. I just hope that this doesn't hurt him mentally where he just is, you know, just is down on himself, just thinking anything can happen. You know, at any time I can get injured and all that. You don't want, you know, a mental like, thing to hold you back,
0: because he was finally back mentally, I think, 100%. Yeah, man, he was playing fucking great this season. I mean, I heard it mentioned several times, and, I I mean, I believe it to be true. I mean, he was back to um, Utah Jazz, like, the last season he was with them, Gordon Hayward. Um, And I think it's absolutely going to... I agree with you. I mean, I think it absolutely affects him more than them. I hope it doesn't affect him, but I mean, I think the potential is there. Um, I just think they have enough wing depth to. I mean, that's, you know, that's why Danny Ainge always prioritized wings. That's why he took Jalen Brown over, you know, Dragon Bender or Chris Dunn, you know, like, because. Um, I mean, he thought that was more important. Like, most people didn't think that Jalen Brown was going to be the better player. He ended up being the better player than both those guys. Um, But, I mean, I think part of it was – at least some part of it was a recognition from Ainge that, like, look, like you can't have enough of these, like, six-foot-seven guys who can dribble, pass, and shoot and play defense um and so yeah give me that guy over you know the the um the the, the guy you know the point guard who you know uh, there's so many of throughout the league uh and you know the the what the i guess stretch four who never was able to stretch um <laughs> so like i think they will be fine they have enough wing depth and talent um the fact that brown can play the two and the three the fact that uh tatum can play the three and the four um the fact that they have grant williams uh who has played some valuable minutes for you guys um i I, you know i just think they have enough depth there even like a guy like shimmy ogile who like isn't is nothing impressive but He has a body that they can throw out there, and he's been in this system long enough to be able to give you valuable regular season minutes. Like, you wouldn't want to be relying on him in the playoffs, but I think you can rely on him for 20 minutes a game in the regular season. Um, And you just have other guys who can score the ball. And, like, that's the thing that makes Hayward, you you know, uh, uh, effective. He can score. He can pass. Uh, And he can handle. Um, And all of the guys who are filling, like, the majority of his minutes can do all of those things. Um, And even, you know, maybe some of them can even play a little better defense. Um, They just can't do all the other things as well as he can. Um, But, yeah, I, I think the Celtics will be fine. I'm really looking forward to when the Celtics go through a, like, a really tough test of, like, four really good teams in a row and to see how they come out on the other side of that. Um, Cause I think that's going to be a big test for them. They lost big. Uh, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say big, but they, they had a significant loss to Philly to start season. I think a lot of that has to do with the Philly Boston rivalry. Cause Philly hasn't looked great since then. Um, but, uh, and you know, Kimba just had a bad game. Like, let's be honest. Like, Kimba missed a lot of shots that he would normally make, um, but since then they've just been fucking amazing. Uh, and it, do they still have the best record in the league, or is that the Lakers? I think no, no, we Lakers do. Had Lakers it. lost. Yeah, Lakers have two losses. Lakers, Lakers had, had it, loss. and then they lost recently. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I mean that'll that'll be interesting, but. Um, i yeah i am agree- i agree with you i don't think it'll will affect them you know significantly um you know given that it's you know it, it's only about six weeks um and even if it's more even if it's ten weeks um i I really don't think it'll affect them that much they just don't <laughs> it would it would be much more detrimental if they lost a guy like Tatum or even a guy like i don't know um maybe even Robert Williams like who like it's like fuck who the fuck is playing center now <laughs> you know um like something like that uh to me would on, honestly be a little more detrimental um but uh yeah uh, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out all right let's uh, let's move on um all right middleton uh he's going to miss i want to say it was about 4 to 6 weeks um or maybe it was a little bit less than that. Maybe it was like three to four weeks. Um, I don't, I don't have all of the shit right in front of me. Um, in fact, I'm probably just going to stop saying the timetables. So we don't have people like jump in the mentions and be like, actually it was this amount of time you're fucking wrong. Um, but anyway, Middleton's going to miss some time. Uh, who do you think this hurts more? I think this hurts the team more.
1: Um, I know me and you've been kind of griping on uh, Milwaukee had a lot of changes. You know, they lost a lot of people this year. I mean, losing Brogdon was a big one. I mean, yes, Giannis is playing out of his mind and all that, and he will continue to play. But I just think yeah. this hurts them kind of where there's no more go-to second-hand guy that can kind of get you the buckets. I mean, now you're having to put more pressure on people. I mean, Bledsoe, I mean, night in night out I mean I don't want to really rely on him to be my number two um you know the Lopez brothers are fun but they're not enough to you know take it to a number two maybe you know you get some of your lower this year (laughs) you know they're still fun just that they're on the same team I just every time I see them it just cracks me up that but um you know it just it puts more pressure on your lower tier guys now you you're basically looking at Ily Sova and Hill as hey we need a lot more out of you I mean yes Bledsoe's right. the number one out of that but Bledsoe's already kind of been in that situation where he has but now you're looking at these guys where you really need big minutes out of them because you know Giannis is going to do it I think it's going to put you know a little bit more stress on it he won't show it and all that but there's going to be those games I mean what was the other night uh, who they're playing where. At halftime, oh, it was uh, OKC, where at halftime they were playing terrible. He was playing terrible. He broke a sign, and he basically, you know, put it on himself to will his whole team back. So I think this is just a big blow on Milwaukee. Uh, You know, they'll be just fine. They'll still be able to make the playoffs and all that, but it just it hurts them in a situation where, you know, Middleton is that go-to second guy. I mean, he might not be everyone's favorite, you know, thinking, you know, you wouldn't probably want him as your number two, but he is, a you know, sometimes a reliable number two. He can definitely get it going um, when he needs it at times. So, you know, I just think it hurts the team a little bit more than it would hurt Middleton. I mean, I'm sure he wants to get out there as soon as possible, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing with me is they just don't have wing depth. Like, they don't have, and they've been this way for like three or four years. They don't have, like, They rely on a a very core particular amount of people. Um, Remember, Middleton used to play the three – I'm sorry, the two, and they played Giannis at three and Parker at the four. Um, And that was, I mean, mostly due to circumstance, but, like, when they moved Middleton to the three, they never really brought in a backup three. They don't really have a backup three. I mean, they don't. They have some guys who can play the three who should play the two, and they have some guys like you said, Ilya Sova, who I guess can play the three, but honestly probably better position to play the four or even the five. Um, definitely better position to play the four, but uh, arguably better position to play the five than than the three. Um, yeah, I, I I think this does hurt them. I mean, they really need Middleton to be there. Um, I, I get it that, like, Giannis is fucking amazing, but, like, they almost lost to the Bulls last night, and the Bulls have sucked so far this season. Um, they have not been able to figure out shit. Laurie Markins looked like shit, um, and, you know, there's been some reports that he's dealing with some some, uh, some type of injury that's affecting uh, his play. Um, but, like, you know, they haven't been able to seamlessly work in Sadoransky um, like I thought they would be. Um, it's like once again, I I honestly feel like Saturanski is the the player equivalent of like Luke Walton. Like Luke Walton was fucking terrific with the fucking uh, Warriors in the in the run without Steve Kerr, and they went to the Lakers, and it was like, yeah, but like he's still like he's good, he's he's fine, and now he's at the, the Kings, and you're like ah, but, ah, maybe he's not good, <laughs> and like. With Sadransky, it's kind of like the same thing. Like, when, when Wall went down and he was playing without Wall, he was fucking great. Like, he was so good. And then, like, for whatever reason, like, last year they stopped playing him, and, and I was just like, why aren't you playing this guy? And then he goes to Chicago, and I'm like, yeah, he's going to be really good. And then he goes to Chicago, and he's like, fuck, why aren't you playing this guy? I don't know. Like, maybe there's something I'm not seeing. Um But nevertheless, um yeah, like they need Middleton. They they really, really need him um, to – I mean, just to be a guy who can do what he does. I mean, he's nothing special, um, but he is at the very least somebody uh, who can give you valuable minutes at that three position that you don't have anybody else to really do unless you're going to play Giannis there. And then who are you playing at the four? I guess you're playing Ilya Silva. That's what you're going to have to do. Um, Luckily, Giannis is so versatile. He can do so much that it's not too much of a problem for him. I just think it's more of a problem for the team in general. So, yeah, I agree with you there. All right, Lowry, Abaka, um, what are your thoughts there?
1: Um both of these I'm going to put on the player uh, just because when they both got injured, they're playing the Lakers. And, you know, I mean, this is a time where I'm like, I'm, I kind of like Van, Van Vliet, Uh I've always kinda I've always kind of, I don't know if he can be a true point guard, but you know, there's certain like situations I want to see him kind of like step on mean, Definitely did it in the finals last year and all that. So I feel like, you know, he can slide in very easily and they have a lot of, you know, this helps their their youth depth um, get more minutes playing together with OG and Siakam and all that. So I don't really feel like this hurts them. Maybe if if I had to choose one that um, that the team gets hurt by more, it's gonna be crazy to say this, but I, I feel like it's it's a Baca just because like I was saying, where you get to see more minutes out of Bleet running the system and all that, and Low uh, you know with Lowry not being there, but Abaka, you're kind of putting more stress on their big guys, mainly Marcus All, who, not saying he's been injury prone in the past, but he has had some injuries himself. So you want to like you know, yeah, and he's he, old, his minutes and he's old, and I don't really see you know he's definitely playing. He's he's a free agent, so he's trying to get that last bit of money. So you don't want him to kind of put in more stress where you don't have a Baku can slide in there and really help them out. Cause that's really what they did well last year on that whole finals run was those two switching in and outside put a Baku crazy save and hurts the team more just because yeah, Lowry is that, uh, you know, they're probably their number two right now. So is definitely taking control of their number one. And, and I think he's fine with that. It's just um, the other younger players I think are, are having to step up and, like I said they beat the Lakers with with both of them being injured. I mean, that's not a easy task to do, so I don't think it's going to hurt them, you know. They'll probably want him back as soon as luckily Lowry's is a thumb injury. So, I don't know how long that should take. I mean, I don't know if it's on your <sighs> shooting hand or all that, but I don't feel like huh, yeah. But thumb, thumb is one of those ones where you can just kind of poke it to re-aggravate it easily. Right. So, we'll have to keep yeah. an eye on that where if he's definitely, you know, and in, in the middle of the lane with a bunch of people or going for a steal, he's probably going to watch it. So well, I, I, this could be one where it, it does hurt Lowry, you know, long-term or just, you know, him as the player, uh, just because he'll have to keep an eye on this injury. He doesn't want to re-aggravate it. Right. I'm going to go wash on
0: this one um, mainly because I think at some point, Nick nurse has to play these other guys. Um, the guys that he has talked shit about and he doesn't want to play. And I love the fact that he's just, like, talking shit about, like,
2: <laughs>
0: his, like, new players. Like, he's, like, asked about uh, Stanley Johnson and Rondae Hollis Jefferson. He's just like, yeah, they're not ready. They kind of suck. <laughs> like, awesome. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, th- th- like, these guys got to play a little bit. Um, and, you know, uh, I I – think in the long run like it's going to be helpful for them to play um, so I don't necessarily think it's the worst thing for, for the, um, the team um, but I also don't think it's the worst thing for the players either like uh, the, the fact that like Lowry was playing so many minutes to start the season like he should not be playing that fucking many minutes um, uh, I think he was averaging like 36 minutes a game maybe more than that and like dude he should not be playing that many minutes the guy's like 33 years old um 32 33 somewhere in there and uh yeah i mean i i think a little bit of rest uh for both of these guys could help like you said um there is the gasol factor um you don't want to hopefully he doesn't get shoved into too too many minutes um and hopefully uh you know Siakam and uh and Van Vliet don't get a you know uh, you know, sort of marched into the ground, um, but nevertheless, uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting. I wanted to plan out two things. I want to sidetrack this conversation for a minute. Uh, one is a random thought, and one is uh, something that you brought up. Uh, one was a random thought that I had like ten minutes ago, but I want to I want to address it um, just because I think it, I think it's funny. Um, but the first thing is one um, how fucking great with Fred Van Vliet on the Lakers. Like, if you could put him with fucking LeBron and fucking AD, like, just LeBron in general, that would be... Fred Van Vliet is the most apropos player in the league right now to play with LeBron James. Like, dude, he'd be so good. He plays ferocious defense. He hits threes. He fucking, like, uh can handle the ball. He could be like that guy who handles the ball when LeBron wants to take a few plays off. Um that's the kind of guy that you really want to get. It sucks that um, you know, uh, Rob Palenka is like kind of shitty at his job and conducted a trade in which he literally has no first round picks to trade. Like, how the fuck do you do that? Like the way that and it's I know it's like it's uber-complicated for people who don't know, like, all about the Stepien Rule and everything else. But basically, um, the the way that that Anthony Davis trade was constructed was so brilliant on behalf of the Pelicans and Dave Griffin because they completely roadblocked any way that the Lakers can trade a pick this season. They were like – um because they have, like, deferments um, uh, in, in, in two different years um, and, and um, various uh, uh, protections and different things uh, that, you know, prevent the Lakers from trading a first-round pick this season. Um, they literally cannot trade one. Um, and those picks go seven years out, I think, uh, and they have none of them. Um God, would he be a fucking – I mean, God, I would trade Kyle Kuzma and, like, two first-round picks to get Fred Van Like, I've lit- – for that team specifically, I like, I'd fucking do it. Like, I wouldn't fucking care. I wouldn't think twice about it. Um But nevertheless, they can't do it. Uh, but what do you – I mean, what do you just think about that thought in general? Like, A, um – How good would Fred VanVleet be with LeBron James? Uh, And B, like, how much does it suck that fucking Rob Palinka was left in charge to make the fucking deal, and now they have no fucking assets to make their team better? They've been great. They have been great. But I still go back to that trade and look at it, and I'm just like, God, David Griffin just fucking schooled you, dude.
1: No, I, I will say he would be a good player to play with the Lakers, but um, being a Celtics fan and a Lakers hater, I'm happy it won't yeah. happen. I would hate to yeah. see him Perfect. on it. I don't want to see the Lakers get any more people that could help him out. I love that Rob Blinka. I, I, mean I don't think that he's done dumb decisions because, you know, Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. It's still a prize of its own. Um, so, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get them, and you don't want to waste LeBron, so I'm, I can't really, you know, I have my skepticism for Polinka and all that, So, but, I, I, I mean, when you get Anthony Davidson, especially seeing the way he's playing right now, I mean, right now if you were to ask what NBA team would you take in a seven-game series right now, I'm pretty sure the majority of people are saying the Lakers. I mean, Lakers can definitely – be any team in a, in a, in a series right now, the way that they're looking. So, uh, sure, but I'm glad I don't have to really fantasize this, you know, him being able to go over there. Yeah. He'd be awesome, but you know, screw the Lakers and I'm happy it can't
0: happen. <laughs> I feel you. Um, by the way, I was trying to think about the other day, like, um, and this is a side, side note. Um, I was trying to think about the other day. Um, it, how the lakers could essentially improve their roster um and via Kyle Kuzma which is their only real asset um they they have Kyle Kuzma and they have a very distant um I want to say 2025 or 2026 they can swap they can they can give somebody swap rights uh to their first round pick like that's that's the best they can do um and I was thinking, like, I don't know, maybe Kuzma and Caldwell Pope for um, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, just because I, I mean, obviously, the, the Kings, um, they kind of suck this year, um, surprisingly, at least to me. Uh, and uh, Bogdanovich is up for a contract extension, and the Kings are kind of cash strapped at this point. So um, I don't know. I, I, I Thought about that one, but get this, dude. I, and, and I don't know the validity of this, but I, I heard it from a somewhat reliable source. Uh, fucking, they gave Contavious Caldwell Pope a fucking uh, no-trade clause.
2: Like he can veto a trade. Like,
1: oh, fuck. He's not going um, anywhere. He's the he's the curse of LA. No. If you want LeBron, you get the curse of KCP. And you get his yeah. fluky, thirty-two percent shooting from the three-point line. Where you'll go on a run to where he shoots thirty-eight, and you think there's hope, and then he airballs the layup it? really
0: close to the rim yeah. the other night, and you're just like, exactly. that's the KCP I know. Yep, and it's it's he's just so wildly inconsistent. Um, but yeah, dude, I couldn't believe it when I heard that, and I was like, yeah, but you know what? It kind of makes sense. Um, but anyway. Uh, one other side note I wanted to ask you before we delve back into this. Um, <laughs> how fucking funny do you think it is that Terry Rozier is now the second-best point guard on, on the fucking Hornets?
1: <laughs> I mean, I, even when they signed him, I loved Scary Terry. I have just never really saw him being a true number one and all that. I think where he really, you know, shows his strength and all that is against second units and all that. He's a really good going against us. He's a Lou Williams kind of like, you know, take over second units and play really well against them. I mean, he he can make big shots. It's just when he's in the starting, you know, light, I think he does a little bit too much and all that. And um, Graham actually is a pretty good player. If you really look at it. um,
0: He's great.
1: um, Mitch Kupchak. His last kind of draft – I mean, his three draft picks between Bridges, Graham, and and my uh, my guy right now – oh, man, I can't Washington. believe I'm playing on a Kentucky yeah, – have Washington. You know, they're very solid players. They're definitely just – it's one of those yeah. situations where I agree with and you. And the Martin uh, brothers have said, been,
0: like, giving a minute.
1: Yeah, if you can ever figure out who is who, sometimes. It's kind of funny. Right, but, yeah, they're yeah. great. Uh, but um, – yeah, it's one of those situations where you said in the Slack or a little uh, our Slack that uh, it's it sucks for Graham that he has another point guard in front of him that they have to make, you know, they have to give him minutes. I mean, Terry's no Kimba, but they're paying Terry like he's almost like their Kimba again. So they're right. not going to not play him. So it is kind of sense, but it's ironic. But I still feel like if Terry wants to see the best for him and you know best for Charlotte. I'd maybe switch to a, a six-roll kind of thing and just rule the second unit and all that and be able to do whatever
0: I want in that second unit. Yeah, and, and they've proven that they can play together at, in spurts. Um, so, you know, do that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right there. I just think it's crazy funny that after giving him, what, um, what was it, $58 million over three three years that, like, the, he's the second best point guard on their roster because they have this dude in Devontae Graham who's been fucking tearing it up. And like that's the thing. That's why if you if you already suck and you're losing an All Star, you don't fucking make that signing. You you just don't like you try to see what else you have on the roster and go from there and like had they just done that and not like signed him like they'd be like they'd be in a really good spot right now they'd be like oh shit they got like this Devonte graham kid like it looks like bridges is, is is starting to you know figure shit out uh this this pj washington kid is looking good they got three good young players they got some cap space in the future and uh, but they don't have cap space in the future because they just signed Terry Rozier to a $58 million contract over three years. Like, don't do that shit. Like, don't. Like, um, it just sucks. But anyway, uh, I digress. Let's get back to the injury stuff. But I had to go off on that tangent because um, it's, it's been on my mind. Uh, But anyway.
2: uh,
0: All right, so let's get back. Fox. De'Aaron Fox, ah, uh, this really sucks for De'Aaron Fox, uh, in my opinion. It's not so bad for uh, the Kings because they already kind of sucked, um, and you know what? They own their pick this year. I can't imagine how Luke, how you feel about this as a Celtics fan, who, you know, you own the Kings pick last season, um, and like. The Kings have sucked for like what? 15 years uh, maybe 10, I don't know exactly what it is. And like they're good for one season when the Celtics have their pick. Like not great, but they're okay. Um and then like the year after you get their pick, they suck again. <laughs>
2: uh that's
0: that's that's a that's a tough break, man. Um but, uh, you know what? Like, as far as the Kings are concerned, they already suck. They already lost Bagley for an extended period of time. Now they're losing him. Uh, I mean, yeah, they have some depth. They have Corey Joseph who could step in. I I mean, I expect him to, you know, play some big minutes. He's He's been pretty good this season. Um, Yogi Ferrell is obviously going to get more minutes. Um, but overall, I mean, I think this is – Not the worst thing that could happen for them. I mean, it sucks for them because they really wanted to make the playoffs this year, and I can understand that. Um, But in the long run, like, I look at it like this. You're going to get another high draft pick um, that you actually get to keep. Uh, And then, you know, you can try to shop Bogdanovich, who I think is kind of probably going to have a sneaky amount of good value um, for from you know from a lot of teams around the league are gonna covet him. His contract's only like I want to say like nine, eight, nine million dollars. Um, so easily tradable contract. Uh, and I think that's a necessity. I think you have to trade him because uh, you're not gonna re-sign him, not with all the salary you have, you know, existing. Um, but it 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 like gives you an excuse to trade him because you're not competing for a playoff spot uh, with, like, these level of injuries and the bad start that you've got off to. Um, and, you know, it kind of gives Luke Walton a pass. Like, Luke Walton's like, well, you know, like, uh, you know, what do you want me to do? Like, we, we lost badly, we lost Fox, you know. Like, everybody just forget that, like, we sucked at, even before that happened. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it sucks for Fox. I think it particularly sucks for Fox because this particular injury is known to like linger and last uh throughout you know uh the course of a season. I think they should be really precautious with him and just rest him and just say fuck it. Like let's just, you know, I know it's not what our plan was. We wanted to compete. We're not going to. Look at our record, look at everybody else in the West. We're not going to compete like The thing is, like, look at the teams that we didn't think were going to compete who are competing. Like, look at the Timberwolves. Look at the Suns. We would still have to get by, you know, teams like the Spurs. Um, Like, just fucking call a spade a spade, take a punt season, get another high draft pick, and get everybody healthy and see what you can, like, come up with then. Um, And trade Bogdanovich and get something – Get it, get a nice draft asset, uh, whether it's you know in this upcoming draft or in future drafts or whatever. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's that bad for the team. I think kind of sucks for Fox though, because I think Fox was from all we heard from Team USA, like uh, the you know the FIBA stuff, like he was looking fucking amazing, and I don't think we ever got to see that this season, and that's just a bummer.
1: Yeah, um I'm gonna go with it's more it hurts Sacramento. Yeah, they're already sucking and they went on a terrible what was it like one and eight or like one and five. But I just think, you know, for what they played last year, they're they're a really good team, like you said, the one good year that they have, but I still think that they're on the right path. I think Sacramento wants to get out of this whole mentality that they are just this terrible team and all that and they'll always be in there uh, you know, at the bottom. Yeah, you can get a high draft pick, but I don't really think another high draft is going to do them any good for this team. I mean, I would definitely, you know, be a little uh, like ease Fox back into it. I don't want this injury to linger and all this because he is our star player and and everything. But they did tie down a lot of money this year um, to this team. They definitely thought it could could compete, so I think it hurts them. It's just a big bummer. For them, you know, right now, already losing Bagley for a good amount of the season. Now Fox is going to join them. The only one that it really helps out is, like you said, it's, it's Luke Walton. Luke Walton's definitely his job saved. I feel like a lot of people felt like it was on the, the block when they're on that, that losing streak and everything, and they finally got their win, but, I, you know, it's something where he can't really help these injuries and they're, they're key players to, you know, their future, but I don't really think a first round pick this year is that nice. I would use this. I would try to trade it honestly. Um, one thing that I was, uh, you know, kind of out there was, I mean, Tobias Harris. You, you know, you could do that trade where if you could convince them to take Harris and Barnes, you get Bog, uh, you send Bogon to do the money in the first round. I mean, Philly might Ooh. think about it. I know, I know, Philly. You know, I don't hate it. Tough. I you know, it'd be tough for them. You know, to, to take on Harris and Barnes, but I don't feel like he's that bad and gives them more wing depth, you know, to Philly, and they get a shooter and and Bogdanovich. So, you know, that could definitely work out. So I don't think this year's draft pick is something where they're like, okay, we'll, we're going to be back in the bottom and we'll get something else. I don't think any players really going jump to jump out. You know, this year it's a really guard-heavy uh, draft, so I don't see any guard really coming in or big man. So I would kind of use this pick and shop it. It just sucks for Sacramento because I know that they're ready just to get out of that, that spotlight of just being one of those terrible teams. And just this is where they're they're just a middle-of-the-road terrible team. They'll never get past that hump. So, I just think it's just for their fans and organization. But Luke Walton, I mean, saved him another year. I think he, he – it wouldn't do him any justice if he got fired this year. I do have a little bit of faith. I mean, yeah, there's some things, you know, but – it just—they're a complete different team that they were last year, and they're it's a complete different game style. So I just can't really look at the the two years side by side and really complain. So uh, I'm gonna put this one more hurts Sacramento more.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I feel your argument. I mean, I think we kind of both presented the 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 flip side of that that coin. Um, but I I do see where you're coming from. Um, it does suck for them. especially the fans I mean it really does because I mean I mean I was high on them I am sick I thought they were going to be really good this year and they have not been um, even before all the injuries they just have not been good Uh, and yeah I fucked up a lot of things this year like going into season like I was like Indiana's going to suck and like I mean maybe they still could but like I mean I thought I thought at this point like they'd be like down, you know, in that in that kind of four um what, four and seven range that so many teams are in right now. Um and they're like they're they look good. Um they haven't like played a lot of good teams yet. Um so we'll see how it goes. But um but yeah, like that and like the Sacramento pick, like those have been uh big stains on my uh on my preseason predictions, uh, but yeah, nevertheless, um, it's uh it's it's just a bummer uh, for the fans. Like that. So would you do that trade? Would I if, if I'm Philly? Either or, if you're either organization, would you do the trade? I wouldn't do it if I was. I wouldn't do it if I was uh, Sacramento. I'd do it if I was Philly. Like, just because you're getting two players back, you're getting Bogdanovich. I guess, I don't know, maybe not, because the thing is you're getting Bogdanovich, but, like, are you – you already got Ben Simmons' extension coming up, and you would have to re-sign Bogdanovich next season. Nah, yeah, no, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't do it either way, honestly. I think it's a good trade just on paper. I think it's a really good trade for Philly – as far as like the 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 way that they would be dispersing the talent Because um, I actually think at the very least Bogdanovich can create a shot at the end of a fucking game, and like literally Philadelphia has nobody who can do that. Tobias Harris cannot do that um which is so unfortunate like I wanted to buy into the hype that he could, but he can't he can't do it i've seen I've watched several games he can't do it um he's not that guy that's why I think they should trade him for CJ because at least CJ can do that he's not the best at it but he can do it um and again Bogdanovich not the best at it but he can do it I guess what I would say is like if you could find a third team where Billy could take on like somebody else I don't know like a like the, the, get Washington in the deal if they if they decided they would like Harrison Barnes I don't know that anybody would but like if they wanted Harrison Barnes that you could get Davies Bertans and you know uh, Jan Mahimny, um out of it uh, just so you would have the two expiring contracts and a guy in Bertans who could like hit threes and then get you know um, you know Bogdanovic maybe like in that kind of case I would do it um, but not not straight up just cuz of the cap like i mean and, and if if cap wasn't an issue I would say yes absolutely but with with obviously with cap being an issue I wouldn't I wouldn't do it and I wouldn't do it if I was um it, it, that, that contract man that fucking Tobias Harris contract um and like and if you're if you're Sacramento you're going to have to play him at the three. He's way better at the four. Um, you got Bagley, and you, you got Deadman signed on for three years. Um, I, I think the third year is non-guaranteed, or at least partially guaranteed, but, like, still, um, I don't necessarily like it for them at all. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, he's definitely better than Harrison Barnes. But, I mean and and Harrison Barnes, yeah, I mean he's he's better than Harrison Barnes, and he's the same type of player as Harrison Barnes, so in that sense, I get it, um but I mean, even still Harrison Barnes probably a slightly better defender, not much, but slightly um so yeah, I don't know i I just don't like I don't like guys like Harrison Barnes or Tobias Harris playing at three. Like for whoever my team is, like I don't, I don't like them trying to guard elite perimeter players. They need to be at the four, um, you know, garden. I don't know, fucking, you know, uh, lesser players. But it's not a bad trade, though. I it it it, it did intrigue. Um, all right, let's move on. We got about forty five minutes left. Uh, Kevin, hurt her. Oh, God, did this hurt me. This hurts everybody. It sucks. It sucks for Kevin. It sucks for the Hawks. I mean, it really sucks for Kevin because he literally, like, you talk about just getting back. Like, we talk about, um, uh, you know, um, Gordon Hayward, like, just getting back. Like, Gordon Hayward, like, wasn't just getting back, Gordon Hayward was back. Like, Gordon Hayward was had strung together, like, I don't know, six, seven games, uh, maybe more, of, of being like, wow, this guy is looking great. Like, Herter literally had played one, like, solid half um, before he got hurt, Before well, before the game in which he got hurt. And then he was playing a really good game up until the point he got hurt, and then he got hurt again, and oh my god, it sucked. And you know what? Like, I, I don't, like, I don't want to shit on Jokic too much, but this fat fuck, like, this motherfucker, like, just fucking lazy swiping motherfucker, like, just came down on his arm so fucking casually, and like, it, I. I don't think it was necessarily. Let me rephrase this. I don't at all think it was intentional. Um, but like it was, it, it was a fucking sloppy ass fucking play. It was, it was kind of the equivalent of Patrick Beverly, like just constantly giving, like, that quote unquote, and I hate to say this, but hundred and ten percent, and injuring Russell Westbrook. Um, when you like just give a hundred percent and like don't injure people, um, this was like the, the kind of the, the mirror version of that with like fucking Jokic just being so goddamn lazy and fucking like swiping down on him and like hitting the shit out of his arm and just like the worst possible spot. Um, ah, oh, man, it, it pissed me off. Like, I was like, fuck you, Jokic. Um, and I, I, I genuinely like the guy. Um, but that it was very frustrating. Um, but, yeah, dude, this sucked. This really fucking sucks. Um, it sucks for Herter because he was literally just getting back. It sucks for the Hawks almost the same amount because, God, do they fucking need him. Like, that game against uh, Phoenix, uh, the Hawks shot 24% from three-point range. Um, Trey tried his best to, like, you know, will this team. Jabari Parker um, had a great first half, and it just wasn't enough. They didn't have enough firepower. Um, They they just didn't have the guys. They committed, like, a crazy amount of offensive fouls, uh, some of which were questionable. um, But, nevertheless, uh, like, I – you know, come at me, Hawks fans. I love you. Um, I'm right there with you. But like, don't ever blame a twenty-point loss on the refs. Like, shut the fuck up. It ain't the refs' fault. You fucking shot twenty-four percent from three. Um, the get, get over yourself. Um, but nevertheless, this one is tough. I, especially with Collins being out, I. I lean towards it. it hurts the Hawks more, but I honestly I I'm afraid, and I think that it might actually hurt hurt her more, just because, again, kind of that same thing uh, with the Hayward thing. Like he was finally healthy, and like, boom, then he gets hurt again, and it's like fuck, man. Like, can I can I just stay fucking healthy? Um, so, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it hurts hurt her a little bit more, and again, somewhat similar to the. Kings thing, we're like we're about to go on a stretch where we play a ton of really good teams. I think we play the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks consecutively are uh, our next three matchups. I would imagine uh, at best we win one of those games, uh, probably lose all three. Um, and like again, it's not the worst thing in the world for the Hawks if they end up, you know, with the say seventh, eighth, ninth worst record. And who knows, maybe luck into a top four pick, uh, if Adam Silver deems us worthy of said pick like he deemed uh New Orleans and Memphis and uh the Lakers so they could get Anthony Davis and the Knicks. Um so yeah, I don't know. Um I, I don't I don't I think with with the Hawks It's not the the worst thing in the world if we miss the playoffs this year. So, I think it's worse for Herter. What do you think?
1: No, it's definitely worse for Herter. I mean, like you said, he's been dealing with some injuries and all that. I mean, there's one earlier in the season where when he came back, he had already lost his starting position to Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. I know that they're trying to, you know, work those guys in more. And um, I always felt that. Herter should be starting out there. Um, I I've I've enjoyed him. I you know, I think he's a good basketball player. I uh, definitely shoot the ball, so I think it hurts him a little bit more. Um with Atlanta, like you're saying, um, they could have definitely snuck into the playoffs. So I don't really, you know, see them you know, it's good to get into a playoffs while you're young, but going one and out is not always the best thing too. But I don't really think it's gonna hurt Trey as much as the whole team, but you could do a lot more. And with this pick, if you do get, you know, a higher draft pick and all that, luckily Atlanta is in need of another guard. Um, if Herder's already not starting, they're obviously not seeing them as their true two moving forward. So they could luck out and, you know, get someone, you know, the George, um, the guy from Georgia, he'd be great. Edwards.
0: Oh, whoa, well, whoa. Well. So. well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, Uh, I want to clarify here. Herter hadn't been starting because he was hurt. Um, He actually did start uh, the last two games that he played. Um, He didn't play a lot of minutes in the first one, but he was scheduled to play a full game in the game that he got hurt in. Um, The only reason he hadn't been starting was because he was hurt um, to start the season. So, like, he is, like, Uh, like unequivocally was um, considered by Hawks brass, like our starting shooting guard. So,
1: no, I know I knew he, like I said, he was dealing with that injury in the beginning of the year, but I still feel like too where they're at. I mean, and him getting this injury again, he might, you know, I could see him possibly getting back in the starting rotation, but where, what Atlanta is doing this year, I think it's more experimental where, you're definitely trying to get the development of all these guys, so you're going to put them in more situations Starchy. where Herder might not get rushed back and all that and then get rushed automatically into the starting lineup. So I just feel like it hurts them a little bit more there. And I do feel like, yes, the brass and, and, and everyone that, you know, is controlling Atlanta running it, I do think that they have them in their plans, but Atlanta is one of those teams where I, I feel like if they were in the high lottery pick, they might consider a guy that could be taking herders spot as moving forward. I mean, Herter's a good guy to have on a championship team. Who do you have I in mind? I? I, like I said, I, I mean, if you guys could luck out um, and get um, Ed, uh, the guy in Georgia. Anthony um, Edwards? It, um, yeah. Anthony Edwards. I he'd, love it. He'd be, so, he'd be so nice. He's already kind of got the build. I mean, watching him play, it's already kind of like yeah, just dude. a lot more bigger than some of the guys. I mean, you
0: don't need Cole Anthony. He's not tall. He's not tall he's. As strong. Leader. That's the problem. Yeah, he's yeah, strong. But, I mean, he's, so, he he's, he's got a good wingspan. Yeah, yeah. i feel definitely like he'd a be, He'd be good. Because you could, you could switch
1: him out with Trey, too, if you played him and Herter at the same time. I think he could do it. So, I think he'd be the only best situation if you guys were NLO. But I just think, like you said, I just think this hurts Her just it could be a mentally thing, too, where it's back to Hayward, where he's young, he's been riddled by these not major injuries, but really weird minor injuries that keep him out on these stretches, especially when he starts to get things going. And, um, you know, I think he was he's ready to take like that the, next step. He's
0: the shooting guard. He's the shooting guard equivalent of Anthony Davis at this point. <laughs> like, just these weird fucking injuries, man. It's like nothing... Serious, but just like all these weird injuries that keep him out. Because even like when he was coming into the draft, he was hurt, like uh, like last like last season, um, and, th- and that's you know one of the reasons he fell to 19.
1: Yeah, I feel like um, he just needs to um, you know again not let this get to him mentally, but um, the Hawks, I feel like you know they'll they'll be able to figure it out. I mean, just I'll put more Rook you know, um, put a little bit more on, you know, Cam Reddish to have to score more, but you need to definitely get that out of Cam right now instead of, you know, worrying about it long-term, like later on in the year where you're trying to make a playoff push, and you need to see what he can do right now, so it it, it could possibly help them out in that regard of you know,
0: trying to get the most out of him Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, I tell you what, though, I would start Benbury. Just personally, I... Bembry frustrates me to no end um, because he just can't put a ball in a basket. Like <laughs> some, I mean, he does sometimes, but like there are times where. But like Cam can't either. Like Cam's got the same kind of problem, and and he's young, um, but like Bembry plays defense. Uh, so I mean, I would, I would personally start Bembry. I don't know why they haven't like. I think they want to just keep him in that second unit because they, like, you know, they they want him to be a second unit guy. They want him to be, like, I guess their version of um, Matisse Dibel, um, and just be, like, that second unit, like, defender guy. Um, and I don't know. At this point, like, I would just – I would start him just to, like, just to take a little bit of the pressure off Trey and, like, be a little more aggressive defensively um but yeah i mean i i do want to see more out of these guys, out of these young guys and i think that may serve the hawks best long term uh in you know seeing that play out but you know we'll see all right uh let's breeze through these LaVert, Gordon, Bradley, who you want to talk about? I think that
1: we'll go with the one out of um, all of them. I feel like the most significant is Levert Um, just because it's another one of those guys where he falls in the Hayward and Herder. where poor guy can't catch a break. I mean, he gets these crazy injuries. Um, I'm a big Levert fan. I really think that he is a really good player. It's just when he can't have enough games to play where he really puts it all together, he just keeps on running these injuries. I mean, yeah, the Nets are sucking, and it's not... Gordon right now, if you ask me, Gordon hurts the his, you know the team the most, but I feel like out of all three of these, you know, it's definitely Levert. I mean, Bradley, too. Bradley's one of those ones where he can't catch a break, but Bradley's not as a significant player as he once was. I mean, after the D- Detroit days and those injuries, I feel like those really took a toll on him, where Levert is yeah. still very young. He got his money. I um, just, you know, I, I really think... You know, he's going to try to put it all together this year, and the Nets are already kind of struggling, and, you know, they can't really, you know, this injury. So I'm just, you know, kind of bummed out for for him. I mean, Gordon, like I was saying, he, he definitely probably means the most to the Rockets where they're kind of already stagnant on shooters who can, you know, stand there and hit an open shot for them. But Houston will figure it out. I mean, they they they'll just be able to get, you know, they – they just managed to do this somehow where right now, I mean, the Nets, I mean, they're already, you know, not playing that well and all that. And then LaVert getting out, that's another big injury to the team. So I feel like LaVert is key
0: right here. Yeah, I I would say it's got to be either LaVert or, or Gordon, but because the Nets are in a position where they're, like weirdly fighting, maybe not that weirdly, but like they're fighting for like a playoff spot right now uh, early on in the season. Um, whereas Houston they their eight and three, I think um, they're, they're, they're fine. <laughs> they're, they're like, they need Eric Gordon for the playoffs. They don't necessarily need him throughout the regular season. Um, they'll plug in guys. Granted, they, <laughs> the guys are plugging in a are guys like Ben McLemore, which is terrible. It sucks that they don't have a legit small forward on this roster. Um, like, God, I, like, I, I know that, like, uh, James Harden, for whatever reason, like, hated Chris Ball, and so many guys do. But, like, God, I would have given all the draft picks that they gave up for Russell Westbrook and probably the other two draft picks to go get like a guy like Robert Covington
2: like just
0: like uh and and keep Chris Paul cuz I actually think that their their team functions better with a guy like Chris Paul um but nevertheless they didn't do it um but they'll be fine they'll be fine throughout the regular season James Harden is starting to heat up he's he's like he shot the ball poorly to start the season um we've seen the last couple games he's starting to hit shots, Um, Westbrook, you know, despite all of his flaws, um, he's a great transition player, Uh, and that is something that Chris Paul wasn't, and that is, you know, something that I did point out as to why I thought they would still be a good regular season team. Um, The the fact that, like, they can get out on the break quicker with Westbrook will will be helpful. Um, But they do need guys who can make shots. And you know, honestly, to this point, Eric Gordon hasn't really made shots. He's been terrible. Um, I think he shot like in the uh, mid twenties from from three, if not low twenties. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's going to hurt him th- that much. the The big one, absolutely, you're right, is Levert. Um, it just he's been like the one guy on that team, other than Prince ironically, um, who is like kind of given like solid defensive effort um, on the wing. And I just think losing a guy like that, when you're replacing him with the, but Amon Schumper, they brought him in. That'll be nice. I mean, he'll give you defensive effort. Um, and I guess that just means Kyrie will get like 10 more shots a game, which is, you know, great for Kyrie. I'm sure he will love it. Um, but, It's just, it it's it's even worse for team chemistry. And if we're talking about, you know, what we started this off with, who does this hurt more? In a strange way, I kind of think this hurts the Nets more because it's only going to empower Kyrie to like try to be more of the offense. And it's like, dude, you're already being too much of the offense. Like, you, you've you literally been there for, like, a month, and you're already taking too many shots, not involving your other team, not moving the ball around, ISOing too much. And, dude, that sucks for the Nets. I'm a little concerned for them. Um, and, honestly, like, I don't know, like, I'm kind of concerned for them even next year when fucking Durant comes back, because I don't know how this is going to fit, I don't know how it's going to work. I know Kyrie can be malleable, he proved that when he played next to LeBron, but he's so far removed from that, that it's hard to ask a guy to fall back into his old ways. This is this is a bad sign for the Nets. It's really bad. And uh, I think too, Levert was, you know, kind of one of those, uh, they got him on a a good deal for a trade uh, or for an extension that could be a good trade chip next season when his new salary kicks in um, as to like get a guy like Bradley Beal uh, or whoever. And I don't, with like another injury to him, I, I just think he's too injury prone to be considered like a plus asset. Like, he's a neutral asset at best. He's like maybe slightly above cap filler, but like, just I, I if I'm trading for a guy like that, I'm not like, I'm holding my breath. I'm not relying, I'm not considering him of great value. So, you know, there's that. But um, anyway, we got to talk about the Knicks, man. (laughs) And I am a little disappointed that we couldn't get Joel or Juwan on for this particular episode because it is, well, particularly Joel, it's his team. Juwan, it's like kind of his team. But there's been so much going on. Uh, So they had a press conference after a terrible loss to Cavs saying, essentially, they're not where they thought they should be, um, which, you know, seemingly is putting Fisdale on the hot seat. Um, You know, there's been some speculation as to why they had this press conference, whether Dolan had any kind of um, uh, involvement in in persuading them uh, to do so. Um, but reports have come out that they are – or have, I guess, essentially told Dolan that like, they think that they have constructed a lineup that should be able to win, um, and you know that may be why they had to come out and fucking eat crow and talk in this press conference because they stupidly told Dolan – yeah, we're going to win with this fucking lineup. Um, no, you're not. We all knew you weren't. If you weren't a Knicks fan and just blinded by homerism, um, we we kind of knew you weren't going to win. Um, to add more to this, it's, there's been some other reports that have come out that said the front office may be on the hot seat as well, so nobody's safe. Um, furthermore, there's been some... Speculative uh, reporting that uh, I think uh, Frank Isola uh, was the first person to uh, mention it that uh, the Knicks uh, would try to make another run at Masai um, and 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 subsequently try to um, simultaneously use that as a, a platform to land Giannis Antetokounmpo um, and if that wasn't enough, there was also a a, a little spiel that came out that said uh, they didn't go after Anthony Davis because they, you know, he didn't, he didn't fit their timeline. He wasn't, he wasn't a, a a guy that like we really thought would make sense for us. Uh, uh, But Hey, they did sweep Dallas. So good for them. Uh, You know, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's um that's good uh and uh they they were able to uh boo Christophs Presingus uh and 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 beat him and honestly uh, the the whole flop situation he tried to flop uh near the end of the game uh and uh instead of just like I don't know trying to block a shot uh which I kind of think adds to the element of intrigue uh, to that whole game. Uh, but, hey, they were able to do that. But with all this Nick situation, man, like, what the fuck do you make of all of this? I mean, take any of any of this information, as you will, and just lay it on me. What the fuck, man? No, all I can really say is it's, it's an unfur-
1: unfortunate turd sandwich just, Becoming more of a turd sandwich. I hate to say that about Knicks fans. You know, I don't want to really rag on them because at this point, I just really feel bad for the fans um, just because it's just a complete, just a sham of an organization. I mean, what the hell is going on? First off, it definitely came from the top because they already don't talk to the media as it is. And if both, you know, of them are coming out right after a game and, like, you know, having to speak. Obviously, something they're being directed to do so, they don't, you know, they wouldn't do it otherwise. It's just, it's just completely just keeps on, like, murking their, just, like, whole, like, image. I mean, you know, they wanted to definitely, you know, their whole game plan is two free agencies uh, summers from now, you know, going big, you know, after Giannis and all those guys, but if you keep on running an organization like this and just keep on doing these crazy things and all that, it's just, no one's ever going to really just go to it. I mean, there's nothing that's going to be brought out of this good. I don't think Fizzdale should be fired. I don't think, you know, he should be one to blame. I mean, like I said, there, there are some things that I don't understand, like some rotations I really don't understand of his and why he's playing ungodly minutes to poor RJ, but RJ is, You know, when Dennis Smith Jr. became hurt, he really was their only point guard that they could rely on. But still playing a guy 36 minutes, he's going to run into some sort of a wall. But it's just a lot of these players, like, uh, even their free agency. I mean, I know that they thought all these moves are great. And, you know, they're definitely trying to sell Dolan on that. These are good players and there's a good product out there. Well, some of them are a good product, but some of them aren't. Like, they just don't make sense playing well together. There's just – there's some, like uh, – Julius Randle, who's their biggest guy, obviously, he's really good at playing downhill basketball. He's not really good if you slow him down. I mean, he's definitely predictable. He's going to go to his left. Um, I say this all the time about Morris. He's another big one of their – but he's a black hole in an offense. He definitely – yeah, there's times where he'll pass it, but there's times where – he just completely just goes for himself, his stats, and all that. I mean, he can hit big shots like he did last night and all that. But you just get, you know, another play like that and then mix him with Porter. So, it's just – it's it's all over the place. They don't really have – they haven't really had a true point guard this uh, this year with Alpha Payton and uh, Dennis Smith getting hurt. So, it's just all over. It's just why are they doing this? What good – did they see of them coming out to the media and talking? I mean, no shit, Sherlock. That you're not. Who is, who would be happy that they're the worst basketball team right now? Like literally, <laughs> they are the worst basketball team. And and who would nah, be I happy? I think about the Warriors this? might be the worst. I don't know, man. I would still, you know, uh, Warriors have a chance of you know getting back Curry or like you know, uh, like a, right now. Yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah. I meant right now. For
1: the year, like, but right
0: the, now I still the roster that they just, have out there.
1: I don't believe in the Knicks. I just think, I just, it's, you don't need to do these types of things. This is just types of things that really bad organizations do. And, and it's just proving the fact I mean, you're not going to be able to get rid of Dolan. I mean, it's going to get to the point where, you know, everyone knows it's stolen, but you know, it's not just gonna, but I don't know who's going to be able to come in there and, and fix this. I mean, I don't like if they fire Fisdale, it's it's a dumb choice. I know a lot of people admit that he's just not the right guy and all that, <clears throat> even though he's loved by players. But even if you were to go get a Mark Jackson, I don't really see him doing anything. Yeah, he's got the New York mentality and all that. Um, you could maybe wish for a, a good college basketball coach. I mean, the only guy that I could maybe think would be Nova's coach, his name slipping, but. I don't really think he's a New York guy. I mean, so I don't really see any coaching situation because oh, yeah, yeah. it's the product, it's the product on the court and it's just all over the place. And they should suck. I'm I'm sorry to say this, but why not suck again, New York? You're not doing anything. Yeah, you can play better, but if you're playing this right now and you're making it known and you're just making it to the media and you're just letting everyone know that it's organizationally, it's run terribly And that's not going to make people shine and be like, you know, in a couple years, I can turn that around. How about just play basketball? If you lose, you lose, you know. Go one more year. You can definitely get a good point guard this year coming out of the draft. I mean, there's there's a lot of people. There's Cole Anthony could be good there. There's LaMelo Ball. There's RJ Hampton. There's plenty of people that they could try to figure out point guard-wise. But take this year of don't bash your own organization. Don't let... The in the external issues come from the inside, and that's exactly what they're doing. So it just, I like like I said in the beginning, I, I like I feel bad that uh, you know I'm bashing the Knicks fans because it's just at this point it just is it's over the top what they have to go through, but it's just crazy that I like if you can just think of like what else could they do bad from here? I'm guaranteeing they're already thought of it and it's already in action because they're just dumb they're just <laughs> literally just so dumb who cares if you got blown out by the Cavs? you just the night before had a good win against the Mavs. you're not going to win back to back it's not going to happen every night you are going to be one of the worst teams look at the goddamn hornets hornets aren't out there yelling at themselves and they're they've got some plenty of terrible decisions and and the product's not that good out there but they're getting it done it's just you're not making these issues come from the inside and it's just making it look like a toxic environment and whoever wants to be in a toxic environment. I mean, the majority of the time, you know, that they say is people don't quit the job is because of the work. It's because of the environment. And what is the Knicks made of their environment besides complete, utter chaos and just, just a terrible, terrible like situation. So I just, it's crazy. I don't know what else can happen? The worst situation that they could do is clean house on everyone. Even just if even firing physical or firing the front office and all that, just either situation and think just play out the year and just play out things, just try to change your image and just who cares? You know, I mean, at this point, you're going to be one of the bad teams, just
0: play basketball and try to just get through this year. Yeah. Well, Here's my thing. You know what would be better than, I don't know, Marcus Morris? Um, Andre Iguodala and a draft pick. You know what would be better than Bobby Portis? Uh, I don't know, Mo Harkless and a draft pick. Like, how the fuck do the Knicks not get in on those types of fucking deals in the offseason? Um and that was my biggest gripe on the off season. I like I didn't fault them for losing out on the Kyrie uh you know Katie Sweepstakes. Um and I didn't even fault them for trading Kristaps Porzingis to pursue said Sweepstakes. I think and, and I think we're seeing it bear out. I think Kristaps is a little overrated. Um and I think no matter How overrated he might be, you were going to have to give him a max contract to keep him, Um, and you got off a ton of salary. You got Dennis Smith, a junior in return, who has not seemed like a great thing, Uh, but you also got two first-round picks. Um, I like the deal. I still kind of like the deal. Um, I wonder if maybe they could have gotten a better deal, but um, I think a better deal would have – precluded them from getting off of a lot of salary. But the problem with them having so much salary is how they utilized it. It, Even in spite of losing out on any sort of sweepstakes of superstars, they didn't capitalize on what you would do. Like They tried to sell the Knicks fans uh, and uh, Jim Dolan... Uh, and, and I'm talking about C. Perry and, and you know the, the the people in charge of roster construction. They tried to sell them on, hey, we got good players, uh, and we got them on short-term deals. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, uh, you know Morris, Tosh Gibson, and Alfred Payton, Wayne Ellington. They're all fine players if they're on. In particular roles on particular teams um, like but there's no reason to sign all of those fucking players to a team uh, that is like trying to retool and rebuild like th- that makes no sense and that's the problem so in short Dave Fisdale like you said regardless of you know his his roster construction and you know, the fact that,, you know, maybe he should try a little better to figure out um, like a starting rotation uh, and, and just roll with that and, and, and go with like a bench rotation so these guys know what to expect. Yeah, he should probably do that. But that's not the problem. Maybe the problem is that the reason he can't come up with a fucking solid rotation, it's because so many of these guys are interchangeable, and they're not really great. They're just like okay players that you sign to these fucking egregious um, one-year – essentially one-year deals short of um, Julius Randle, who's a two-year deal, all of which have team options on the you know following year. It, it, it's just – it's baffling to me. It's obviously the problem. And, and – Granted, like you, we can all sit here and say the problem is James Dolan. Yes, that's so tired. It's it's been he's not selling the team, um. And until maybe he will, but until he does, he's gonna be the owner. But like, let's discuss this like we discuss any other franchise, um, for a second, and not, you know, try to say, ah, oh, well, the problem is the owner, because we really don't say that about a lot of other franchises. Um, I honestly don't think we see that about almost any other franchise short of maybe the Rockets um, because of Fertitta's unwillingness to pay the luxury tax. Um, But it's obviously the fucking – the front office. The front office is the fucking problem. Like when you did not land those guys, you should have immediately pivoted to fucking – Asset collection, asset collection. That's exactly what the Hawks did, um, and that is what has given them, um, you know, three or four, maybe even more, extra picks um, than what they would have had otherwise. Have they just done what the Knicks did? The Knicks had two picks hanging out there, just waiting to be collected. Had they just taken on salary? And like, look at Memphis. They got a pick for taking on Iguodala they might get another pick for fucking trading Iguodala. Like, it's crazy that the Knicks did not get involved in those kinds of transactions, those kinds of things, especially given the amount of cap space they had. Like, if I had been the Knicks general manager, I would have fucking called up all of these teams immediately and been like, yo, if you're trying to unload salary, call me. Like, I want your picks. And like, had it been a situation with Memphis where it's like, well, you know, we, you know, I don't know, like, we, we would rather, like, deal with Memphis, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I would have been like, well, hey, I'll take on Sean Livingston, too, and then you could cut him, and, you know, he only had $2 million guaranteed, but, like, that's because you have all this cap space, you can fucking do that. With the Heat in their whole situation, and that whole Mo Harkless situation, you could have been like, ah, fuck all that, we'll just take Whiteside, like, and you'll save even more money, like, there's so many fucking situations where the Knicks could have outbitted the other guys who, um, were in the position to take on salary, and they didn't do it, they were more keen on going after fucking four power forwards, and I know fucking, uh, Joel hates it when we say that, but let's be honest. Julius Randle, power forward. Bobby Fortis, power forward. Marcus Morris, power forward. Taj Gibson, I, I, I'll give him that. Maybe a center at this point. But, like, Phil, so, come on. Like, you don't go after – I mean, they're essentially all the same kind of players. Like, uh, they're they're – especially Marcus Morris and Julius Randle. They're almost the exact same kind of players. Um, Gibson and Portis are, like, kind of more in line with the same kind of players that are kind of differentiate. But it's just – it's terrible. It's really fucking terrible. And that whole front office needs to fucking go. Um, which brings me to this point, and we'll wrap it up here. we got about five minutes left. You know what I think James Dolan should do, Luke? I think he should call up Tillman Fertitta and be like, "I request permission to talk to Daryl Morey." The dude has lost Tillman Fertitta over $20 million uh in, you know, uh sponsorships and and various other things because of his tweet. Um and He just re-signed him to, before the tweet happened, to a a five-year extension. Um, If I'm Dolan, I would be like, well, first of all, we're the Knicks. We're going to make money hand over fist. We don't fuck care about China. Um, So, like, I don't care about, like, that quote-unquote stain. Um, But also, uh, like, you could stand to benefit. Uh, Tillman, uh, because hey, like, if you get him out of your organization, maybe you could recoup some of that money, maybe repatch your relationship with Yao Ming, um, you know, coax yourself up, what have you. That is the angle that I would be working. I would be trying to get him uh, and and essentially whatever contract situation you would have to figure out, um, like, Buy him out. Um, I don't know if you can trade a GM. I know you can trade a coach. Um, but however you have to work it out, fucking work it out. Because I think it would be beneficial, um, at least not necessarily to the Rockets, but it would be beneficial to Tillman for Tita financially. Um, and it would absolutely be beneficial to the New York Knicks. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it would be uh, beneficial at this point. To uh, Daryl Morey, who is kind of stuck in a situation where they're not going, th- th- he's done all he can do virtually. Like there's there's a couple more moves he could make like this season or next season, but like that's it. Like with the Knicks, it's wide open. Like you got five years to really fucking play around and to, like get shit done. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be I think it'd be cool. What do you think? No, it's
1: definitely very interesting. I mean, he's definitely a person. If I'm in the Knicks organization, <clears throat> I would definitely go after. Um, he's, You know, he's very smart. He knows what he's doing. Um, I just feel like Maury's a, a very smart person. I think he considers himself smart. And I, I just a, – a smart person doesn't go there, unfortunately. He doesn't want to go there. I mean, even though sure, situations like- I think – Seriously, I agree with you completely with Houston situation of kind of coming of a, a toll. I right, think right. he's already kind that, of ran his relationship with the owner, absolutely. too. I don't think they're eye-to-eye anymore, but I just don't think he wants to go to another terrible owner and have to do it all over again.
0: Sure, sure, sure. But if Dolan were able to convince him, like, yo, dude, I will give you free reign, you can do whatever the fuck you want, and I will pay you, like, Double whatever the fuck you're making there. Like I don't know what he's making. And they don't. They don't really advertise the salaries of GMs like they do players. Um, but like seriously, I don't know. I I think it could actually work. And if I'm Daryl Morey, I probably would do it. Like just I mean, if I got all of the the necessary components of control that I wanted, I would probably do it. I'd be like, yeah, and. That The one added element that would be excellent would be the Knicks would be New York, the America's New York team, and Brooklyn would be China's New York team um, because of all the shit, right? So you have the general manager uh, who called out, Hon- uh, called out China and, like, supported Hong Kong on one side, and you have the owner of the Nets who, like, basically – fucking toe China's line on the other side. Um, It'd be fucking great. It'd be a great battle in New York. Um, Anyway, we got about a minute left. Or, no, we got about 10 seconds left. Uh, Anything else you want to throw in there?
1: No, I think we pretty much hit it all.
0: All right, brother. Well, uh, join us next week. Uh, We'll be back for another episode. And uh, uh, be sure to check out Geek Vibes Live this weekend. Uh, And be sure to check out Wrestling Geeks Alliance. It dropped uh, just last night, so be sure to check that out. Until then, peace. Peace.